The Right Streaky Sanchez Podcast, brought to you by Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Get yours now at bigbarker.com slash Ricky. Get your process pup patches with the dog bed. And L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where writes to Ricky Sanchez listeners, go and get engaged on the show today. Sixers lose a game that they definitely deserve to lose by all accounts to the Atlanta Hawks last night. Talk to you about the lottery party t-shirts, which, uh, geez, you could do a, a whole podcast explaining each one of them. Uh, a jigsaw bracket in celebration of March Madness for Mike to answer to. Some other good mailbag questions. And I didn't warn Mike, but I want um, at least two minutes of Mike's NCAA tournament analysis coming up on the pod. So that's exciting as well. Um, there are less than 200 lottery party tickets left. The VIP sold out um, really quickly, which is uh, frightening, I think, because they're $100. The, um, the general admission tickets, less than 200 left. They are 7 bucks. The money goes to the Providence Animal Center encoded by kids. I would imagine they will be gone by week's end or uh, after a big Sixers win, whichever comes first. So just go to our website for the, um, for the link. And it is the last lottery party, which is sad and also a relief. Without any further ado, here is Run the Jewels. We are the murderers there. That went to jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then went to hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have power to push. Now I smoke pounds of the push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this bitch. Welcome to the Right to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who has been um, holed down in his bunker, ordering pizzas, uh, drinking beers, eating wings, and watching every minute of tournament basketball. I don't know if any of that is true. That is Mike Levin. Hi, Mike. It is mostly true. It yeah. is. I these are my favorite days of the year. The first, the first round, and then the second round is the first four days. Um, I uh, usually spend it with friends at a, at a bar for twelve straight hours. Uh, unfortunately, had to. I and like while that happens, uh, me and my writing partner like make sure we don't schedule any meetings on these days. It's very like we can't do it. This is like totally blocked off. Get everything out of the way first, and uh, and we had. Two back-to-back days of, hey, can you guys meet tomorrow? Oh, And, like, crushing. right in the fucking middle of the tournament. Like, a, like 11.30 both days, so we had to miss a bunch, uh, which sucked. But um, got they still got it. Got a good, you know, if it wasn't 12 straight hours of, of four consecutive games of basketball at once, it was maybe seven hours of three and a half consecutive games at once. So you, you deal with it. Uh, it's been good. I mean, the tournament hasn't been as exciting as uh, previous years, but, you know, I love it. Just stream basketball directly into my eyes. I I want to be at, like, whatever the afterlife is. I want I want s- some higher power to look at me and be like, you watch a lot of fucking basketball, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I did. They just have, a, they have like, basically a, a screen time count of your life <laughs> yeah, when exactly. you die. It's yeah. mostly <laughs> basketball. It's like, yeah, okay, well, that's fine. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I, I'd be okay with that. I watched. I've I haven't liked the tournament in years and years just because I don't like college basketball. But I did watch um, about fifteen minutes of that. Virginia 16-1 game where that mm-hmm. other team that I'd never even heard of the college was winning for like most of the first half. They didn't win, right? Virginia no, won. I Virginia think. won, yeah. But uh, that was fun to watch. It was fun. It was fun to watch like the little tiny school getting confident and Virginia maybe getting a little nervous. Absolutely. That was, that that's, 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 a, that's a big part of it. And very glad to hear that Villanova lost as a Syracuse alumni. I know that's not really much of a rivalry anymore, but when I went there, it was a big rivalry. So I'm always happy to see Villanova lose. So Syracuse uh, did also lose as well. It doesn't, that means nothing to me. What does, what does mean something to me is Villanova losing. So, uh, all right. So I, I've whittled down why the Sixers lost the game to the Hawks to two possible reasons. And I would like for you to decide which reason it is. One listener suggested that because we were able to do a pod after a win over the Celtics, which we never get to do, uh, we only do pods after losses, it seems like, that we were bound to lose the game against the Hawks as sort of penance for getting to do the podcast after the Celtics game. The other option being that if you remember correctly, this was the original Bust the process trip was mm-hmm. to Sixers Hawks. The Sixers are so far 0-3 in bust the process games against the Nets, the Wizards, and the Bucks. And buying the tickets, uh, Joe from Fans of Philly, buying the 500 tickets put a stain on the game, and they were always going to lose it. Which one do you think is more likely? Interesting. Uh, I think it's. I think both seem pretty plausible to me. Um, yeah. It definitely. I mean, they were due. It was a very. It was such a due. Th- I didn't watch the game live, so I knew that they had lost when I watched it last night and then this morning. Um, so, which means I watched like I did watch twelve hours of basketball and then at a bar and then went home and then watched more basketball, <laughs> which is uh, alarming. Um, but yeah, it just felt like they were due. It felt like this is a game that they didn't really. You know, the first play of the game, I think, was. A very easy pick and pop with John Collins, and he had maybe 40 feet of space. And it was like, okay, yeah, this is the kind of game that it's going to be. Um, and whether that was because of us or because of, well, us in two, two ways, I guess, either bust the process us or uh, Celtics pod us. Um, you know, I think it's both. Yeah. Yeah. I thought at some point, so I, uh, I was at my cousin Avery's bat mitzvah last night, and I also did not watch the game live. I did watch the last five minutes live, but I was watching the score the whole time. And I thought to myself, maybe this is one of those games where they don't deserve to win it, but because they're much better, they will figure it out in the last Mm -hmm. four or five minutes. And they just didn't do it. And I know... I know uh, knowing that they lose and then watching the DVR game is is not always great. But watching them lose in the last five minutes and then watching the first the first half and the third quarter was also you could see in the first four minutes of the game to your point like that they were not there. They just weren't there. They they were they were just not ready there to win that game last night, defensively, specifically. Um, it was like sort of the rare, horrible, not horrible, the rare bad Joel Embiid defensive game. Um, but everybody was bad, I thought, on, on both sides, even though they scored a bunch of points. Yeah, I mean, there's not that many games. How many games left? Nine? They nine nine, nine yeah. games left. They're four games back of second place and three games up on fourth place. They're 
almost certainly going to be in the three seed. Uh, I just I can't really bring myself to give a shit about this loss. Like the Hawks are, you know, Lloyd Pierce, uh, former Sixers assistant coach. That's great. Like he's he's got his team playing hard. They have young guys. They're like this is all they have to play for. They're very excited. To, like they played at home. Like all this stuff. Like this is this is what their season sort of boils down to. And uh, sometimes good teams are going to get like you know punched in the face by young athletic teams and that's kind of what happened and this game I <laughs> just uh, can't bring myself yeah. to care about it that much let down game two as certainly oh after yeah the I mean after game. after the after Milwaukee and Boston in like three days that's crazy yeah I don't even know what to we'll, we'll talk about the game in a second uh before we do it's back the Willie Green Apple podcast five-star review of the week we're at 2,306 we're on our way to 3,000, Mike. I'm not making the promise that I'm going to do the reviews podcast. At hang on, hang on, hang on. What? what? If you're not going to do, do that, then there's no reason to read it. Okay, fine, I'll do it. There you go. I like reading the reviews. This one comes from Knowledge For You, five stars. Join the legions of opposing teams fans that love to hate listen to the podcast. The best BDSM hoops podcast out there. Subject line, nothing like it. Five stars. There you go. Your, your black leather sex people quote from the, the Celtics pod got a lot of run on Twitter this week. It was very big for people. So mm. um, seems like that one's going to stick around. A no, bit. I don't. I didn't uh, have any control of what I was saying after that win. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, a couple of people noted dominatrix, I think, was the word. Sure. That that, I, think, I think that is what it was. And just also, also like to issue a blanket apology for anything I say ever after a Celtics win. Yeah, Uh, it doesn't count. There's nothing I can do about it. Yeah, maybe pretend it happened in 1983. There's just nothing we can do about it. It, you know, it's sad, but you know, it happened. Um, Geez, anything else? I, I, uh, okay, couple of things from the game. The Boban three pointer did look kind of natural. I mean, got such delightful touch. First of all, he could just it's a layup for him from there. Yeah, so he should. Could he reach there from the from the three point line? Could he reach the rim? He He can like graze rim. Yeah. Um, that was, a gr- I mean, why not? Why not? I mean, he, he, he has beautiful touch from the line. Let him, let, let's, let's do Boban in that short corner. And when <clears throat> it opens the lane for everybody else to drive, I like Boban just posting up and, and being around the rim more often, but once in a while, yeah, why not? Yeah. I, I sort of, after I saw him shoot it, I was sort of surprised he had never made one before. It, he shot it really naturally. I, he looks like one, I've, I've never seen him shoot threes in warm-ups, actually, but he looks like a guy that could hit 20 in a row in warm-ups because it, it looked pretty natural. So more Boban threes. I love that. that was I, th- I think there was, I saw something in the last, probably before the season or the beginning of the season, and I forget who was doing it. It, th- it seems like a James Herbert thing, but it might have been a Kevin Pelton thing. I don't remember. Um, about like guys, big men who have n- never either. I'm not sure if it was taken or made a three, um, because obviously like the centers are everyone's a stretch five now, um, yep. or at least trying it. And uh, and I wonder who's still left on. I like Ian Mahinmi was on the list. I think. I wonder if uh, I wonder if Boban had been because I guess he hadn't made one. So. No, he hadn't. Yeah. So. Uh, what else? Actually, I, I said nobody was good last night. I, uh, Simmons was good. Was uh, was not like otherworldly or anything, but but he was good. Uh, maybe the worst Tobias Harris game. Uh, yeah. Make a layup, Jesus Christ! Uh, please. What's make up? A layup. With, what's up with that? Why is that? Yeah. 
Is he? I I need to look at his like uh, percentage his at numbers. the rim, yeah. like in in his career. But like he seems like he gets, you know, he's explosive off a straight line, and he seems to get his angles well. But like when he's under there, it's less when he's like driving at the rim. When he's driving at the rim, I think it's it's usually successful. But when he like happens to get an offensive rebound or like a weird pass inside, it's when he's not when his momentum isn't like taking him to the rim that it seems like he's just always long on it and it's just like dude just dunk it just just turn and dunk that shit you're 6'9 like you can do it athletic absolutely 6'9 athletic yeah yeah um, that's gonna frustrate me in the playoffs for sure uh what else I guess Redick not abusing Trey Young like it's, I get uh, I don't know what to say it, it was low energy from everybody the the only uh, there were there were two Brett things that I noticed that people were complaining about one I thought was legit one wasn't the one where like that the shot clock violation possession at the end um, where Ennis was on the floor instead of Redick when the Sixers did have a timeout seemed like it was, it was a mistake, but that's really Jimmy dribbled out the shot clock and he had nowhere to go um, and Ennis was the guy closest to him. But I, I, I suppose that that is, um, that is complaint worthy. And uh, the other thing, I saw some people complaining about like play calls from Brett in the last like five or six minutes of a game. I we can't be like uh Jimmy the ISO closer is the best thing in the world when it works and then blame the coach when it doesn't. It just didn't work last night. There was there was a little bit of it looked like the Hawks were um when that was happening were trapping him a little earlier and pressuring him a little earlier. And it was something that that I don't think the Sixers had seen in that situation and it didn't quite work out. Um, but it's something to note as they get to the playoffs and they'll be playing the same teams. I, w- I was thinking earlier this week, one of our, uh, one of our regular listeners um, and a, maybe the biggest Colangelo hater there is, Eric from Miami, uh, asked me why I thought that Butler was so successful in that role in the fourth quarter, um, like in the last six minutes. And one of the things I thought about was they don't do it at all during the game. And then all of a sudden, the offense completely changes with a guy who hadn't led the offense for the first 40 minutes of a game. And maybe they're just not as prepared for it. That's one of the advantages. And as the Sixers go into the playoffs and play the same team in a row between four and seven times, the other team's going to adjust. So uh, I was sort of glad that the Hawks did that because maybe it puts it on on film for the Sixers and they can start to figure out what they're going to do when he gets pressured like that. Yeah, I hear that. I think the was it in the Celtics game or the Hornets game when Jimmy found to Tobias on like a cut as 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 they were um as they doubled him. Oh, that was the Hornets game, I think. I so think. Too. Wait, you uh, mean when Tobias was running like sort of straight through the lane toward yeah, the basket? Yeah, Jimmy yeah. went to like rise up to shoot and then Tobias yeah. like sort of flashed. Um, yep. I think that kind of stuff is, is, you know, there's, it's a delicate balance of like wanting to have, a you know, good spacing, clean lane for Jimmy to do whatever he wants. I think especially when he has a smaller guy on him, whether it's Trey Young or Kyrie or whatever, I like him attacking the rim, obviously, and either getting fouled or driving and kicking, whatever. Um, the step backs, I think he uses primarily over on bigger defenders to create space. Um, but obviously, you know, my preference is always him taking the ball at the rim and, and just 
using his length and, and strength to get there. Um, good game from Trey Young. Yeah, he's good. good player, man. It was also a good yeah. game from Jimmy. I mean, obviously defensively, was, yeah. everyone was lax, yeah. but like, you know, he yeah, me took the ball in, went to the line thirteen times, had twenty five points on thirteen shots, didn't take any threes, which again is weird after going three of nine. I don't know. I don't know why. It's so weird. Everything. It is so weird. We're just the kings of weird. It just in new ways that you could ever imagine something being weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's never simple. Not even once. There are some times where you look at a box score and like he and Simmons are the only, and Simmons you know isn't going to take a three or you assume, and he's the only other guy in the whole, like both teams that doesn't take a three. It's so strange. Yeah. It's so weird. I don't know what we're doing. I don't know what's yeah. what's wrong <laughs> with the team. But yeah, I mean, offensively, I think everyone was good. I, like at the end, uh, aside from Tobias, at the end, Embiid just tried to do too much and turn the ball over twice. That's sort of, I, I think... I used to complain about that more. I think he's done a really good job of limiting that. And also with the addition of Tobias and Jimmy, he hasn't had to do quite as much uh, of just like breaking his man down from like, you know, 20 feet out. And there was a good point that uh, I forget who made it. Might have been Derek. Might have been Rich. Um, In the Celtics game where he was like the, the aggressiveness with which Embiid was catching the ball lower. And making sure he was getting leverage and 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 not having to catch the ball eighteen feet out, it was like twelve feet out or even like five feet out, and he, he had just a l- less of a path to go. And it's harder for guys to stop him when he has fewer dribbles to take. Um, that's something that I think that he, you know, especially those in those Celtics and and, and Bucks games, he was really doing a good job of and uh, and limiting turnovers. But you know, last night against Atlanta, just had a bunch of dumb dumb plays at the end. That happens. Um, I think everybody was kind of just barely engaged. Yeah, uh, it was funny. Embiid had such a great first quarter and was like sort of similar to the Celtics game. He was getting to the line right away, and it, it was almost like he was like, you know what? I'm not sure I have the energy to do this again <laughs> tonight for this team. We can probably get through it without him, without doing it, and uh, and they couldn't. Not the case. No, not the case at all. Um, the. Uh, the lottery party shirts are out and these this is important because they will be the last lottery party shirts ever um they're often our weirdest shirts and this seems to be no um no exception so there are five lottery party shirts as of now we've added some in the past they're all 1999 uh in price, $19.99. The website says that they will be Toltex t-shirts, but they won't be. They will be next level t-shirts, the sort of quality you expect from us. And our profits will go to uh, our charities, the Coded by Kids in the Providence Animal Center. And they're all designed by, designed by Tanner Lowry, who does just about all of our shirts, who does a great job. So the shirts are, um, I think the most artistic of all of them is probably the Ship of Theseus one. Yeah, Would you and also agree? feels like the most yeah. like apt. Like we've been building yes. towards this for a long time, obviously since Sean Carroll came on, and, uh, and yeah, we did that. and it's such a I, I enjoy that it's such a, a like you really have to listen to the podcast to even remember that <laughs> that moment, <laughs> right? So it was this was Tanner's idea specifically. He wanted to do a Bon Voyage theme with a ship going into the like off into the sunset, you know, for final lottery party. Mm-hmm. Um, I suggested he name the ship Theseus. And he did it. It looks, it's amazing. It looks like it could be an album cover or a poster. Um, so the Ship of Theseus one is one, which is beautiful. If you want to know the origins of that, 
we did a podcast with noted theoretical physicist Sean Carroll, who is also a Sixers fan, I think in 2016. And uh, it's go listen to it. So, so that is that one. That one's beautiful. The, uh, the one that appeals to the guttural uh, Celtics hatred is the Cuss Cries shirt that you requested and um, is in, we, we took the House of Pain logo and put a Cuss Cries in there with a, you hate to, you just hate to see it underneath the, the art. So that one will get worn, I think for years and years. There is the, uh, the finally a lick face t-shirt, finally. Um, to keep our trademark, there's a lick face t-shirt. And because we had to do one, huh. it is a it is a a, uh, a take off of Dr. Dre's The Chronic album cover. Of course, it features Henry Sims and it says lick face and the final lottery party. Um, what are, oh, the our first ever jersey, the, uh, the party boy inspired jersey. So the front has the right Streaky Sanchez logo, but in the Iverson era Sixers like sort of style. And the back has number 17 and the name says not on social media. That is a white one and that is available. And what one am I forgetting? Oh, uh, the Fly the Process 4 one, the Guns N' Roses Core 4 Appetite for Destruction one. There is a, a final lottery party, trust the process version of that. So they're all on our website. You have to order it by April 23rd to get it in time for the party. You can order after that, but you have to order by then if you want it shipped to you uh, in time for the party. So that's it. Some good Great stuff shirts. in there. Thanks Very nice Tanner. job by Tanner. Yeah. And couple, uh, like as I said, less than 200 tickets left for the lottery party. Um, they'll probably go this week. So I would get them so you're not left out, especially because if you're going to, if that is a road game and the first game of the Eastern Conference Finals and the Sixers are in it, the only way you're watching the game at Xfinity Live is if you have a ticket with us. So, uh, yeah. Good stuff. Uh, a possible banning I wanted to bring up to you. I, I wasn't that concerned with it, but there were some uh, dedicated listeners of the Ricky who were concerned. Uh, I've never listened to the Dunked On podcast. Have you? With nope. Nate Duncan. Um, I find most national NBA podcasts to be horseshit. There's no way you can watch that many games. Uh, so I don't listen to Dunked On, but apparently they ranked the top 10 current NBA players and Joel Embiid was not in the top 10. Hmm. Um, there were people calling for bannings because the podcast doesn't even exist to me. It seems weird to ban, but your thoughts. Uh, well, who were the top 10? Do we know? Oh, I don't know. Well, I would imagine Curry, Durant, LeBron, Harden, Giannis. Um, I don't know. We should probably get, if we we need verification get, on who the top 10 are. On the are top before. 10? Yeah. All right. Before you know what? I'll, let me, uh, let me hit Marty up on, a. Uh, on, on the tweets and he'll, uh, he'll tell us who the top 10 were. For sure. Anything else from the uh, Atlanta game you've got? Uh, I like that Justin Anderson played. Yep. That was nice. He dribbled. Dribbled pretty well. He dribbled, had a floater, missed it, got his rebound, put it back in. Very Justin Anderson-y. Yep. Um, Torian Prince, once again, I mean, I, I don't think, uh, I think Mike Scott is, is perfect for what this team needs, but like Torian Prince is another guy that I just like, I would just take him. Just a guy that I would absolutely just take. Sort of versatile, do, can do a bunch of things, um, especially in a l more limited role. Uh, I, would, I would definitely take him in the future. There was one play, Kev Kevin Herter on a breakaway uh, dunked. Dunked on Jimmy? Well, as Jimmy was like running back and trying to like yeah. come for it. Uh, and then, and then Herter like, kind of like, like talked to him a little bit and like gave him like a little like a look. 
which is bizarre because he's a rookie and he's Kevin Herter. Uh, and it was also like a, a breakaway. It wasn't like in traffic or anything. Um, so that was interesting to me. Kevin Herter's good. He's all right. He didn't play that well. I think he's going to be good for sure. Yeah. Trey Young's good. Just like he's not even that fast. It's just a level of shiftiness that like you, you can't really teach. He's just He just has some sort of like hesitation that sort of gets guys off balance. On defense, and when he, and when he shoots those long threes, he looks like he's heaving them up like a little kid, but they go in. Yeah, like it, it's it's weird. You know, when Steph does it, he does not look like that. Like Steph looks pretty natural when he does it. Trey Young doesn't, but uh, but they go in. He's a good passer too. Really good passer. I mean, really that was good. the whole thing. Is like people. Yeah. Steph is the obvious comparison, but he's he's just not that as good of a shooter as Steph is. He can hit it from distance, but like he's just not. He's not as locked in as, as Steph is at all times, but his passing with either with either hand is is what coming out of college it was like, oh, this guy's got actual vision. He's not just like Jimmer, you know. Yeah. Um, Speaking of Jimmer, Jimmer got oh uh, yeah, Jimmer, good for him. Sons. Why not? Yeah. Why wouldn't you do it if you're Phoenix? Come on, get some get some, get all the Mormons in Mesa, Arizona to come watch the games. See Jimmer. He's great. he's fucking thirty years old. Why man. not? It's crazy, isn't it? Why not? Jimmer Fredette's thirty. Yeah. I also love John Collins, and will always love John Collins. Guy's unbelievable. Yeah, Hawks are Hawks look like they could be good at some point. Yeah, they're the they're you know? the young they're young Sixers. I don't I think they'll they still need a couple guys, but throw uh, throw a Zion on there. See what we're talking about. That'd be nice. Uh. We will get to our March Madness Minute and then our Jigsaw Bracket with Mike in a moment. But first, let's talk about our sponsor. It seems like forever since we've talked about Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Big Barker Dog Beds. I'm at that Bob Mitzvah last night, and all I could think about was, man, wish I had my dog with me. Wish I had my dog. I think about that all the time. I'm at work. I'm like, wish I had my dog with me. And that's why Rebel sleeps on a Big Barker Dog Bed. And you sleep there because with me. I sleep there with him. I think about it sometimes. If I had the XL, I'd probably sleep on it with him. Uh, it's, he's on the large. It's not quite big enough for me, but I bet the XL would be. So if you want to sleep with your dog on your big barker, just get the XL. Uh, if you care about your dog, which you do, um, you got to make sure your dog's sleeping on a real bed, a real bed to support your dog's joints. Uh, your dog's joints, just like our joints, except um, you make them sleep on the floor. You know, you think all this stuff you do with your dog. You love your dog. You take your dog for walks. You have birthday parties for your dog. You get pillows with your dog's picture. You have socks with your dog's picture on them. Maybe that's just me. And then you make him sleep on this bad bed. You can't do that. Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds, engineered by experts to make sure that your dog's joints are supported. So as your dog ages and has to deal with arthritis, um, they will be more supported and sleep better and, uh, and jump back up in the morning as opposed to creaking out of bed like I have to do sometimes. If you go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky, bigbarker.com slash Ricky, not only do you get your Big Barker dog bed, you get two iron-on, awesome process pup patches also designed by Tanner. Um, put one on the bed, put both on the bed. I don't care where you put them. They're awesome patches, but you only get them <clears throat> by going to bigbarker.com slash Ricky and send us a picture of your dog on the bed so we can put them in the process pup section, which is growing day by day. 10-year warranty. The foam doesn't flatten or they replace it for free. One year at home trial. If you don't like it, send the bed back and they will pay for the shipping. Handmade in the United States of America. Big Barker dog beds. (laughs) I don't know that it was your strongest one. I don't know either. Jeff emails us and... um, 
Jeff, in the actually before we do that, uh, you know, you talked about the tournament earlier. Any any aside from not as exciting as before, any team surprising you? Any uh, mm. any any moments? Any wow, that guy's going to be better in the pros than I thought. Any takeaways from the tournament so far in that in that respect? Um, a lot of, a lot of takes. I have a lot of them. Um, Ooh, give us a couple. May pretend there's a the siren. The siren, the hot take. I mean, they're not hot. They're just like nice and nice and they're warm. They're just takes. I yeah. like. Uh, uh, so John Morant lost. Uh, he was on. He's the point guard on Murray State. Um, mm-hmm. He they sort of ran through Marquette, who's a more uh, a less athletic, more shooty, less defensive minded team. And then he and then they faced that was an upset. And then they faced uh, Florida State in the second round. And Florida State has like legit NBA athleticism everywhere, uh, and just like length and bodies. Um, and Morant like couldn't really get anything going. He still played well for him, but like the team just doesn't have enough talent to, to hang with that level of athleticism. And I still think I think John Morant's gonna be like pretty good. I think he's gonna be like on like on the Alfred Payton to like, you know, like maybe slightly less explosive John Wall, like thinner John Wall style. Um, That's a pretty wide you mean kind of player. Like not a shooter. Like I, I don't think of Alfred Payton and Wall as similar all that much. I mean, in ter- as far as guys that like can't really shoot, but like can distribute okay. a little bit, and like you know, I think he's going to get his stats. I, I don't know the job. I think he's a good kid. I don't know that he's. I worry about the defense. I worry about the. He shoots like f- he shoots two handed from like his chest. Although he hit, he he started off I think four four or five five from from deep yesterday. Um, but he's a good player. I think he's going to get stats. I think. Um, He'll, he'll probably go second in the draft, um, depending on who has how the lottery shakes out. But I wonder, like, you know, Florida State's good, but when I say they have NBA athleticism, they also don't have any, like, draft prospects, like, even really in the first round. Um, so if Morant can't, like, elevate over just NBA-level length, not even NBA-level talent, like, how much, how good is he going to be right away? So I, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some time. I think he's a good player, but... Uh, uh, not a guy that the Sixers would have their eye on in any respect, but just a, an interesting guy to watch because he comes from the same school as Isaiah Cannon and Cameron Payne. Mm. Um, mm. So that was interesting. Uh, let's see. I lost money betting against Michigan for the 900th time in a row. John Beeline is just a really good coach, and uh, I will continue to bet against them for to be stubborn at this point. Um, who else? What should I? What do you want me to talk? Do you want to talk about like teams? Do you want me to talk about like? I don't know. Give prospects? me one more take. One more take. Something. Something that you. If you had to be. If you had a. You want somebody to remember the take. What's the take? Oh, I well, Brandon Clark is a is a big guy on Gonzaga, and basically does everything Jonah Bolden does, but like much better. Um, and he's a guy where if you don't believe in Bolden becoming like this super versatile like backup five that can sometimes play with Embiid but if you're worried that he's not going to be able to protect the rim in like a in like a competent way Brandon Clark is is really really good and he's got really nice touch little floater um so athletic so strong like his block and steal rates are absolutely insane um he had 35 I think 35 points in five blocks which is the first time a uh, somebody's done that in the tournament, I think, since Shaq, which is pretty dope. Um, he's really good. He's all, he's old because um, he transferred from San Jose State uh, after a couple years, but um, he's like 
he's having the best season in college basketball outside of Zion. And if Zion wasn't there, people were talking about Brandon Clark a lot more. So that's an interesting guy. And Gonzaga should go, you know, to the Elite Eight or Final Four. So hopefully we'll get to see more of him because he's great. Cool. So Jeff emailed us, and Jeff's uh, idea was to give you a bracket of jigsaws uh, and make you <laughs> pick one of, like, to go through a 1-8 matchup and then 7-2, blah, 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 blah. I thought this was a funny idea. So I say on this podcast, he only gave us eight seeds, so 1-8, 2-7, you know, like playoffs. I say on this pod, I give you the first round, and then on the next pod, we go through the next pound. We go through the final four, and then the final pod will give you the final one. Are you down with that? Okay, let's do it. All right. Okay. All right. So the first matchup. So thanks, Jeff, for this idea. The first matchup: eight seed versus one seed. The eight seed. There's always a stone in your shoe. Always, whatever you're doing. Mm. No, number one seed. You can never wipe a toilet seat before you sit. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one seed. Yeah. Uh, so any toilet seat. Any toilet seat. But I can pick where I yeah. go to the bathroom. For sure. Um, man, stone in the shoe is tough. Yeah. You can sort of like nudge it with your toes to like get it in a, in a manageable position if you have to. I I I wanted I want to pick. As in, wait, sorry. Which, sorry, which is is the is the winner the the winner I pick the one that I don't want to do because it feels like that no, should be. The, no, the one that you pick is the one that you have to do, like a normal jigsaw. I wonder if that should be the opposite because it should be the worst the worst version. Moving on, I don't know. No, I I, 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 don't, I don't think it matters. Also, the two easiest choices by the end. Yeah, I don't. But it's not an easy choice because then it would be a hard choice. It's none the of them easier, are good, right? It's the easier of the yeah. choices by the end. Yeah. Okay. Um. Mm, you know what? I'm gonna go toilet seat. It's fine. There's ger- there's germs everywhere. Who gives a shit? Okay. It's the truth. It's the truth. All right. So stone in the shoe is gone. Toilet seat. Whoa. Toilet seat stays. Okay. The seven seed. Every door you try to open opens the opposite way that you try to open it. If it's a push, if you push it, it's a pull, and vice versa. Every single door. So every, I, have, um, I, I, and I don't know that. I just do it the correct. wrong way every time. Okay, yeah. that's fine. And the two seed is you can never tell a telemarketer you're not interested. You must complete the conversation. Mm, that's tough. <laughs> that's tough. I think I go. I think I go door pretty easily. There. You have to just for time. Yeah. Time's sake. Yeah. Yeah. Although All I right. do feel that I do that anyway. Just you, you, few people look stupid more dumb than. When you're just like you tr- ramming your face into a door. I mean, like, oh, <laughs> right. but I will right. happily be that guy. The number six seed, you only get to set one alarm in the morning and you are not ever allowed to snooze. That, I do. Uh, I do that. Under any circumstances. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and then the number three seed is you always have the middle seat when you fly. Which it seems like I also do. Uh, yeah. But I will take, I'll take the alarm. That's what I do. One wow. alarm, no snooze. Let's go. E- Embrace the a, day. Even if you have an early flight, uh, I'll probably set two just to be safe. But uh, be, yeah, you no. can't. Okay, All I right. know. I'm saying normally I would, but uh, okay. Yeah, I think like yeah. If if I set another, if I set a, a second alarm, well, if I set, if I need to wake up, like I'm like worried I wouldn't. I just like put my phone like kind of further away, 
So I have to like move to get, get it up. and then I'm up. Yeah. So yeah, I'm good. Uh, and then finally, to complete the first round, the five seed, your shower never gets quite warm enough. Mm. Or the four seed, belts no longer have a hole that is your size. Your belt will always be a little too loose or a little too snug. I also think that that already happens to me. <laughs> so I'll go, I will take, I'll take that over, over a cold shower. Okay, so you're going to take the belt. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. We'll get to the, the next round um, in, the, uh, in the next pod. Very exciting stuff for the listeners. Yep. On to the Lorenzo Brown mailbag. You can send us emails. Uh, I feel like we haven't... I, I love the relationship advice. We, we need to at least store them up for the off-season. Uh, but if you... Normal mailbag and relationship advice, write streakysanchez at gmail.com. This one comes from Matt. Take whatever your feelings are about Jimmy Butler as a person, teammate, etc. Now imagine his name is Jiminy Butler. Did your feelings about him change slightly? Mine did. It would be hard to not like a Jiminy Butler. Jiminy. For me. Jimothy. Jimothy. Yeah, it would be good. Jimberly. Uh, yep. At all. Um, yeah, I'm, I'd, I'd be good with a Jiminy Butler. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't mind that sticking, actually. This comes from Joe. Mike Scott is every bit the menace on the court that Marco Bellinelli was for us. The guy has to lead the league in threes with over 18 on the shot clock. Um, you know, uh, Mike Scott's numbers don't really add up to what I feel like I'm watching. I feel like he's good, but it doesn't seem like he is actually. You, Mike Scott is not the menace that Bellinelli was. You don't think, do you? No, I mean my issue with Bellinelli was almost always defense, the defensive side. And and yeah. Scott is he like great switching onto guards? No. Is he better than Mike Muscala? Absolutely. So that that feels to me like an improvement. I wish Mike Scott was better at shooting foul shots. He's been in his 60s all, yeah. all the past two seasons. And, and, and by the way, yeah, all of a sudden it's just dropped off. You remember when that happened to Iguodala? Yeah. Weird. Um, it happened to LeBron also. Could, what is it, what's, what, why does this happen to people? Does it, they don't practice it as much or they you know, are more exhausted and stressed out over the years? Or they're, they're more in their head? I don't understand. Uh, I don't know what happens. I would love that. That is an actual of all the things I'd like to ask Iguodala. That would be an interesting question because it's not like something happened to him. You know, the Nick, the, the everybody remembers the Nick Anderson thing, but but something happened to him. He missed like enormous free throws and he just got shook. I don't I don't know what happens. You, you know, LeBron is an interesting case too because he changes his free throw. Um, like rhythm and form and um, all the time, uh, which is strange to me and, and probably indicative of why he's never been really, really good at free throws, but it is weird that he's gotten worse. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd, I don't I'd know. be interested in that. Speaking of, Ben Simmons, well over 60% from the line, 605 how about that? Wow, is that what we're calling, that's what we're calling well, well over? Well over. I, I, guess I don't even have to over. round. If you had to bet your life, on Ben Simmons shooting a three in the playoffs, what would you bet? I've, I've probably in the in the playoffs, I'd bet no. But I in in the in the next nine games, I think I'd bet yes. Come on, let it fly, buddy. Let it fly. Let, I mean, give us a couple. That's that's what I'm saying. Absolutely. This one comes from Jack. Hey guys, my name's Jack. 
Grew up outside of Philly, currently a senior at University of Virginia. It's been several hours since the conclusion of the, perhaps the most momentous win of our season so far, but I'm still glowing. I've watched Jimmy's dagger upwards of 20 times now. His pose at the end gives me chills. So my question is one I've been pondering for a while now, perhaps has broader implications on the team's culture. Basically, I'm wondering if we should be concerned that our guys never seem to like each other's posts on Instagram. I might be reading too much into this, but it seems like when even, for say example, Joel, tag, Joel tags Jimmy in a post, which he did tonight after the win, Jimmy does not like the post. Does this lack of liking perhaps shed light on what is really the dynamic behind the scenes? Are these guys just too cool to go around liking every single post that their teammates put up? And follow-up question, do I have too much time on my hands and should I stop worrying about trivialities like this? Um, Jimmy likes commented on something pretty recently and I know Tobias does also sometimes. JJ, this is not on social media. Go ahead. No, not on social media. Not even a little bit. Ben will, ben will post stuff. I'm, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know that I'm concerned. I think Joel is not active on other people's posts. Um, but that just might be him just like not feeling like it. He might just scroll past it and stuff. So, so I talked about this with Sharp once because we were talking about this LeBron Instagram where he tagged like his entire team right. and nobody had liked the post. Mm-hmm. And it was very funny to me. But Sharp noted that guys don't really like each other's Instagram posts. They will comment, but they don't really like them. And so that is my response to this. My only evidence is that's what Sharp told me, but it seems like something he would know. So so I'm gonna go ahead and say that that's probably accurate. Um, okay, back to the dunked on thing. Here are the top 10 and uh, boy, um, I'm, I'm excited to hear your response to this. So Dunked On listed their top 10 players in the NBA. Is it going to be like Gallinari or something? Some, somebody. No, 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 no. But still, trust me. So they listed their top 10 in the NBA. They say that all of these players are better than Joel Embiid. It's been suggested by a few that we banned Dunked On, even though I've never heard their podcast. Here you go. Steph Curry. This is in no particular order. Steph Curry, Giannis, Kevin Durant, Harden, LeBron, Anthony Davis. So far, fine. I don't think Anthony Davis, but sure, sure, fine. Yeah, but you can. Yeah, you can. Yeah, at least. Yeah. Uh, Here we go. Example. Dame Lillard. Mm. Uh, Paul George. Kawhi Leonard. Kyrie Irving. Oh no! 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 Not a chance. Get out of here. Gone. Are they? Are they banned? I don't even recognize them as a podcast, but absolutely. Yes, all right. There we go. Add a, well, Kyrie. one comes off. Get out of here. Fucking taking 18-foot leaners this whole fucking game. Get out of here. Uh, well, one comes off. Kevin O'Connor comes off the Mike Weber Memorial Band list, and the Dunked On podcast goes on. I know one. I know there are two guys on the podcast. I don't know who the other one is, but um, the other, I don't know who the other there. one is either, but they should. That, that guy should feel slighted by not having it as his name. Unless yes. his name is like Dave is on. on. Yeah, on. Sense at all. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, a playoffs question. This is a good question. What a joke. Hey, gang. Oh, I'm like, I have like, I'm physically ill from that. Kyrie. Kyrie. Kyrie Guy's not even yeah. in the top 25. Well, I love Lillard, but Lillard's not better than, than Embiid. I agree with that. I, I like Dame. I think he's a good guy. And I think Kyrie provides a lot of air cover for me to not even comment on, on Lillard being yeah, on, on that Dame. list. Yeah. 
Uh, this comes from JJ. Hey, gang, thanks for providing the company over the years. I have a 90-minute commute, and the Ricky is the only pod I've consistently tuned into. I was hoping to get your takes on the following argument I had with a friend. Who should we want to play in the playoffs? And we have to agree that the picks need to be realistic. Like your team can move up or down a spot, but but nothing crazy. So first round. I think it's pretty, um, pretty set. At least, at least well, I'm not, not about the first round, but in, in, as yeah. far as the, the second round goes. The other. Yeah, let's think more about so if we if it has to be realistic, we're we're set in the three. Would you rather play the Pistons or the Nets in the first round? Um, I think they beat both of them, but I, I'm going to say the Pistons. The Nets seem like they have kind of something special brewing, then and and also like scoring guards that would be tough to tough to stop. Um, and I also want to root for the Nets. So I'd rather not have to play them. I'd love to root for the Nets against like the Raptors uh, or Milwaukee or yeah, I guess that's who it would be. Um, so I'm gonna say the Pistons. Also, you know, Ghost of Stan Van Gundy, Blake and Ben and Kendall, uh, Andre and Embiid. It's all it's all there. Yeah, I would love to see Embiid beating Drum. I almost start to feel bad for Drummond at this point because he seems like a nice enough guy and he's. Playing nice and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Tobias Harris revenge stuff, game, revenge series. Yep. Um, and then I, I guess the best way to do it, and we've done this before, is rank in order of of you're most scared of the Raptors, and then you would say yeah. the the Celtics, then the Bucks. Is that what you are? You are. I think I would. Yeah. I really don't want to play the Raptors at all, and I'm. Um, it looks like they're going to have to. I for still for some reason I would. I'm most scared of the Celtics. I'm sorry. Um, That's fair. And then, and then, and then, then the Raptors and the Bucks are now like tied for me. But I don't really believe in either one um, as playoff teams. So um, this one comes from Joe. Now that Rocco is out for the season, um, is he sitting in our section for Fly the Process? <laughs> that's, that's a great question. He should. Why not? Yeah. So. I don't have any inside information on this, but there's a lot of teams shutting down a lot of guys, including the Timberwolves, who are like two games away from having a, a way better uh, lottery thing. So I, I think Covington's okay. Um, I am 99% sure he will be at the game and uh, we will get to cheer Covington. I almost think it's funnier with him not being in the game that we will cheer for him. So um, that he'll be there. Yeah. I'm excited for the trip. We're going to have to do a pod at the trip. Oh, we are? Maybe Sunday morning. Yeah, well, I mean, we got to do a pod over the weekend. Are we going to play basketball on the court? Oh. Is that part no, of the trip? No, no we, we get a picture afterwards. Mm. I can ask the... Uh, and there's also going to be, aside from a, a player-oriented surprise on the court, there will be a another ridiculous surprise on the court. That's um, Yeah, I don't want to hint it because I don't know who's listening, but... Um, but as ridiculous as we always are. So I don't, I would love for Covington to sit with us. I'll make the invite. I, I don't know if he will though. Seems, seems unlikely. I would, um, I would love two... to play a one-on-one -on -one game against like Anthony Tolliver on the court. So if you make that happen, me against Anthony Tolliver. See if we can make it happen. See if yeah. you can cover me. Maybe, maybe against just Dario. Maybe it's easier. He'll, he'll be there anyway. Me and, yeah. me and Dario going up against each other. Let's see what happens. Um, before we get to uh, two final mailbag questions, one involving this, the Sixers perhaps getting Zion Williamson with the number one pick, you should be at the lottery. Um, let's talk about our other sponsor for this pod, LL Pavorsky Jewelers. 
Mike, you might not know, but LL is going to be on Fly the Process 4 with us. He goes on all the road trips. He shuts down the friggin' store to go to Minneapolis to go on the uh, on the trip. Did you know that? Uh, really doesn't give a shit about his business. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. So the fact that it's been around for 31 years is a miracle, considering how much more he cares about the podcast than, uh, <laughs> than his store. But that... Kidding, obviously. There will be a lot of people. Hey, if you're on the trip and you're thinking about getting engaged, there will be a lot of people on the trip who have bought rings from Lee. They're everywhere. They'll be at the lottery party too. You can meet them there. 123, we're up to 123 people have bought engagement rings from L.L. Pavorsky um, that listen to the Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast. What number of the 123 do you think are real? Mm. Eight. I think I think I've met more than eight, but they could be ringers. They could be ringers. ringers. You don't know they're real. You don't know they're real. Uh, All kidding aside, I think the best part about buying a ring from LL is that when you walk into the store, it is him that you're dealing with. Um, It's not uh, salespeople are fine, um, and he normally has one there, but. LL is always there and LL will be the one taking care of you. He'll be the one getting you a great deal on a great ring. Uh, and he'll be the one that is uh, taking care of you. You don't need to find another jeweler now. It's like one thing you can check off the box. If you're going to get an engagement ring from LL for your loved one, you should make an appointment first. What you do is you get on the phone with Lee or email him and you're like, here's how much I have to spend. Here's what kind of ring I'm looking for. And then, then you go there and he has everything laid out for you and you can pick it. No pressure. Only the best stuff, only the best price, fucking A. 215-627-2252 is the phone number. You could email them uh, at llpavorsky.com. Tweet them at llpavorsky. The store is at 707 Walnut. If you just want to drop in, get some free chocolate, bottle of water, give them a hug. And for every podcast, LL makes generous donations to Coded by Kids and the Providence Animal Center, LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Take your jeweler on vacation. Which is what, what I do, what we do. Um, also, LL will be, wait, what was I going to say? Oh, our charities, by the way, will both be uh, at the lottery party. So donate even more money. And when you buy your lottery party tickets, there is an option to do an extra donation to charity. A bunch of people have done that. So thank you as well. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Like they, they chose to spend more money, which is incredible to me. So, so thank you for doing that. Um, first is a, uh, a quick funny question and then a question I thought was really, really interesting. This one comes from Justin. Hi, guys at the Ricky. I've been checking in on Clipper schemes to see what Shamit is doing. After weeks of this, reading AU's trade regret piece and Sham's interview of Tobias, where he says he'd already identified as a team he'd like to go to, it just helped me, hit me that Wilson Chandler was included in that trade. <laughs> My question is, what happened to him since leaving Philly? Is he alive? He had the game-saving block against San Antonio that showed some life, or maybe he's still undead, or is he actually dead-dead? <laughs> just, it just hit me that Wilson Chandler was included yeah, in that trade true. and killed it. All right. This is com- coming from Ryan. Now, because the Kings aren't going to make the, the playoffs, at the lottery party, we will have our final chance at the number one pick, a 0.5% chance, which I've said many times is a higher percentage chance than we had a, of getting uh, one six eleven. So this is a real chance. It would be amazing. So Ryan says, now that we're in the boring part of the NBA season, I have an easy job that offers me a lot of time to think about stupid stuff. Not a brag. I'm very poor. So I started daydreaming about getting the number one pick and some trade packages we'd be offered if we did. Um, I'm going to tell you the trade package and you tell me how much it would, um, 
how much it would tempt you to trade the number one pick for him. Okay. All Can right? I talk about how much I like Zion or should I do that before or after? Well, you've already said he's the best college player you've ever seen. <clears throat> so, yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. My, so that's the context. Yeah. Okay. Right? I mean, is there, you can add. No, I'm, I'm not, absolutely. I I'm not trying to cut you short. If, if yeah. we, if we, I haven't looked at the trade packages yet. My, right now, I would say you draft Zion, you let Jimmy walk, and you sign shooters, and then go from there. That would be, that would be um, my preference. That would, yeah. Yeah. Well, it is interesting, though. Here's, here's the, the aside, here's, here's the, um, the counter, I would say to that, just to play devil's advocate. I don't, I don't have enough information on Zion to know, is that he is 19. He is good, but pretty raw. Um, so if you want to win a championship now um, and having him on the team, I don't know. Like it's a, it's, I think it's an interesting thing for a team at this level. I would just take him too. And, um, and you know, Tobias Harris is only 26 and just go from there. Mm-hmm. But I, I, think they're, I think they would consider it for sure. Um, all right, trade one. The Hawks get Zion. The Sixers get Trey Young. The 2019 Atlanta first, currently number five. And the 2019 Dallas first, currently number seven. No. No. Okay. Trade two. The Washington Wizards receive Zion Williamson. The Sixers receive Brad Beal and the 2019 Washington First, currently number eight. That's when I was thinking about what the packages could be. That is, I probably do that just to just to stay in the. I mean, you have to you have to figure out a way to make salaries work because Brad yeah. Beal's got a lot. But um, so I don't know if that's possible. But uh, Brad Beal would be very nice on this team. So I I would say Which, in just to because there is some some level of derivative uh, play with Simmons and Zion, um, and there's lane clogging. Brad Beal is the perfect level of player that you'd want here. So I'll say I'll yeah. say yes just to make everybody happy. And young, and he's young. Yeah, you know. Trade three. This is a three-team trade with the Lakers. New Orleans receives Zion Williamson. Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, and the 2019 Lakers first, which is number 10. Lakers receive Anthony Davis. The Sixers receive, basically for Zion Williamson, uh, Drew Holiday, Josh Hart, and a 2021 Lakers first. No. No. Okay. And two more trades. Uh, Portland receives Zion Williamson. The Sixers receive Dame Lillard. Hmm. That'd be pretty cool. Man, he'd be great. That'd be pretty cool. That's another let Jimmy walk thing. Yeah. Um, sure. Okay. D- yeah. I would do it for Dame. Yeah. I, have you, have you, I, I don't seem to remember you liking Dame this much. I didn't in the past. And I've, oh, okay. I've warmed him over the years. Okay. Because I remember disagreeing on him before. Yeah. Um, there was one time, I forget I'm, if it was me and you talking about it or if it was like. Kemba. The Kemba, the Kemba thing. for sure, Can but I call? think Matt Moore asked yeah. me if I would trade like freshman or rookie year Embiid. Would I trade him for Dame? And I said no, and I okay. still wouldn't. And I was right then, and I'm right now. But uh, I do there like I do like Dame more than I had. And then final trade. Uh, this is probably a pretty easy no, but the Miami Heat re- receive Zion Williamson. The Sixers receive um, Josh Richardson and Bam Adebayo. No, I do like both of those guys very much, but not a chance. Yeah, and that's it. That's all I got. Zion's really good. He's really, really good. He's so much smarter than he gets credit for. I think he's going to shoot. Uh, his, I mean, him being the backup center 
when Embiid's sitting is just insane. And I do think that you could play both those guys together. Um, you just run out in transition and just like pummel people. Um, he's really, really good. If if they get when they get number one, it's going to be quite a thing. But I, I also do think somehow it's gonna it's gonna end up being. I could see the Sixers. I want them to. I would want them to keep him in almost every scenario. But I could see the Sixers deciding trade. You know, hopefully it's yeah. on the level of a Brad Beal trade. Um, but you know, we'll see. Um, weird schedule this week. Sixers Magic tomorrow, and then off again until Thursday with the Nets and the Timberwolves. Um, uh, I mean, these are three. Wow, three winnable games, three losable games. I That's guess. That's right. Uh, yeah. I mean. So they have the they have the Magic who are hunting for a playoff spot, so they're going to be trying. They have the Nets who are uh, in the midst of a very tough stretch, so they'll be trying. The Wolves uh, in Minneapolis, so I'll see you next week, next weekend. Yeah. Um, they won't be trying, but they will win because we are not allowed to win a flat of process game. Um, <laughs> right. Sixers Mavs, that'll be a, a Luka thing. Sixers Hawks, we'll have revenge on them, and then Sixers Bucks, uh, the final like very good team we play for the year, and then Sixers. Bulls and that's it? No, and then yeah. Sixers Heat and then Sixers Bulls again. Um, so yeah, feels like feels like uh, if that was n- if that was nine games, I would say eight and one with a loss at uh, Fly the Process. Yep, and I'm sorry. Uh, we, we promised to not do two road trips ever in one year. Obviously, we're building in a loss, so sorry for that. That's why we're not doing any more home games because we don't want to build in two losses. No, can't do it. Yeah. All right. That's it. Um, we will see you at Fly the Process. Get your shirts. Get your lottery party tickets. Bye, 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 bye. Merchandise, capitalism, charity. Um, that's our new slug line. Sounds good. Actually, I, yeah. I don't know. Well, we have charity in there. Uh, all right. Uh, we will talk to you later this week. Are you done with TTP? Yeah, you know. Lickface. We are the murderous pair. That with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have power to push. Now I smoke pounds of the push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this bitch. Step into the spotlight. Bumpers and downers get done. I'm in a rush to be numb. Dropping a thousand ain't much. Come from the clouds on a missile to